and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. I'm curious, do you want to know how to achieve lasting positive transformation, abundance and empower your life? If you are not happy with where you are today and the repeating patterns that represent in your life over and over again, then a radical shift is what's required to help you make changes and live your life more on purpose. All you need to do is sign up to our email list and you will receive an online module on how to create radical paradigm shifts. You can get it completely for free when you sign up to our email list at katherineplano.com. And as a valued subscriber, you are also going to get exclusive content that's only available to our email subscribers, where we will have members-only events, free access to online masterclasses, VIP and discount tickets to all events. Only available for people on our email list, we offer bonus content with more advanced tips that are exclusive just for our email subscribers. There is an amazing stuff available for you only if you sign up to the email list and you can do that by going to katherineplano.com and sign up on the homepage. This week, as always, we have another super amazing guest for you, Jennifer Longmore. Jennifer is a success strategist for high-achieving executives and entrepreneurs who want to leave their mark on their organization and ultimately the world. Over the past 15 years, Jennifer has worked with over 100,000 individuals from executives to politicians to entertainment industry, A players and more. Jennifer helps these high performers get clear on their priorities and purpose, step into greater leadership roles, expand their wealth consciousness, achieve their goals, and ultimately live a more purposeful, prosperous, and joyful life and career. Her signature approach comes down to identifying your core purpose and impact and then strategizing your game plan around that incorporating emotional IQ, energy management to avoid burnout, and balancing work and personal life to keep productivity high. She also helps her clients increase their net worth by identifying and plugging any profit leaks. Also a sought-after media personality and three-time best-selling author, Jennifer has been featured on Fox, ABC, The Social, Breakfast Television, and much, much more. It's now time to tune into this one very soulful human being. Enjoy. 
Well, today I'm excited. We have Jennifer Longmore all the way from Toronto, Canada. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you. I am very excited to be here. So we were just having a bit of a chat because we are right in the middle of Mercury retrograde. And uh, just in case we have any technical hiccups, you know that Mercury is right there with us. So Jennifer, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So tell us, how did you get to where you are today? (laughs) Oh boy, where do I start? Well, um, you know, I grew up, I had a different upbringing, I think, than most people report at least, which is that I grew up in a very spiritual household. I went for my first past life regression with my parents when I was four. And I just thought that's how all families were, you know, as we do when we're children, because we don't know anything else other than what we're living. And uh, I used to go to these spiritual uh, gatherings with my parents and adults would come up and think, oh, look at this cute little girl. Let's ask her some questions about the universe. And then I would channel some information and then they'd realize that, oh, I was actually connected. I wasn't some little girl that they could mock and, and kind of, you know, patronize. And my grandfather grew up, or sorry, my grandfather was um, a psychic medium with the police. So when I was growing up, he was mailing me all of these crazy spiritual books, like really over the top, way over my head, even now over my head, channeled information. He was just so excited to have someone like him as his granddaughter. And uh, I went to school and people got weirded out around me and I really didn't understand why. What I know now that I didn't know then is that I knew things that I didn't realize I knew, you know, so I would talk to people very matter of factly about what was going to happen in their life or things I knew about them, but I would have had no way of knowing that, you know, on a three dimensional level. And so I spent a good chunk of my childhood trying to figure out who I needed to be and how to be a chameleon to fit into different situations so that I could be liked and also so that I didn't make people feel badly. I really didn't like people feeling badly. And uh, then I went into high school and I was kind of irritated with this thing that everyone was telling me was a gift, but it really felt like a curse. And uh, whether I was angry at it or whether I leaned into it, it didn't matter. It wasn't going away. So I thought, okay, well, this is my life. I've got to accept it. (laughs) I'm rebelling against it isn't making a difference. And so I started getting into energy work and crystals and all kinds of woo stuff in my late teens, but I still went off to university and became a forensic social worker. And I went into forensics for several years and uh, investigated some really crazy stuff. But uh, this whole spiritual side of me and the energy energy side of me kept pushing me towards towards what I do now. So I finally had to take the leap and trust that the net would catch me, which it did, even though it's scary for all of us, right? When we take that big leap. And uh, I started my business 15 years ago and I really couldn't imagine going back to a J-O-B. <laughs> that would just feel so incongruent with where I'm at now. So Jennifer, for our listeners, uh, let's unpack what you do now because I had a look at your beautiful website, Soul Journeys, and uh, there was two things that really stood out for me. So one was Heal Your Money Story and then the other one was Soul Acceleration. Would you like to unpack those a little bit for us? Absolutely. So yes, so based on my purpose in life, I'm really here to be a healer and a teacher. So 
15 years ago, I started my business. I went over all, all over God's green acre teaching anything I could teach. I was just tickled pink <laughs> that I could do this stuff, let alone be paid for it. The payment wasn't even the issue. In fact, because I wasn't focused on the money at all, and I was only focused on service, I ended up developing a six-figure business in a really short period of time. This was well before social media and websites were really a thing and online marketing was really a thing. So I um, I was doing readings at first. I was teaching Reiki. I was doing Akashic Record readings, which are readings to access the purpose of this lifetime and you know why you're here and what you're here to teach and what you're here to learn and so on. And then I turned that into a certification program. And that's all I thought I was going to do. I think like most of us, we never really realize where we're going to end up. There's no way we could predict a lot of these twists and turns in our journey. And then uh, people started coming to me and saying, can you teach me how to create a business like yours? And I said, okay, uh, sure. <laughs> and then that eventually turned into actual group training programs and one-on-one -on -one coaching. But in that, when I was coaching people on their purpose and when I was coaching people on their business, I noticed that each camp of people were constantly... Uh, belly aching about money. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We all, you know, have money worries. But everyone's money stuff was the same, regardless of how it was playing out. People kept saying, I'll live my purpose when the money shows up. And the business owners were saying, you know, we're hiding behind their computer and not doing any money making activities, leaving so much money on the table. And then on top of that, saying that they couldn't do A, B, and C because they didn't have the money. So my natural forensic mind got really curious and I started saying, okay, well, why is everyone making money the bad guy? What's really going on here? And so I learned that there are, you know, kind of five main blocks that we have around money and we can have more than one of these activated. Each of us will always have at least one that we're constantly chipping away at. And we can heal it pretty quickly, but I started to really understand the energy of money through that coaching. And so I created a system, which is on my website, as you mentioned, it's a free download for, uh, you know, uncovering these money blocks and then figuring out what to do with it. Mm. So I'm curious, what are those five main <laughs> blocks? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. So, well, the first one, and I hear this a lot. So for high achievers, especially, we tend to move, move at the speed of light. And I include myself in that. And one of the things that happens when we move really quickly is we get bored. Uh, and we outgrow things so quickly that sometimes we want to slow things down because we're so tired of outgrowing things, outgrowing social circles, outgrowing mindsets, outgrowing business models, whatever it is. Uh, and then the other side of that is we've been taught that speed is very dangerous. Well, either we've fallen off a bike or we've been prevented from doing things as a kid because we were told speed was bad. And yes, speed can cause problems for sure. But we tend to blanket everything with this fear of speed. And money, when we use it to be on our dream team, which is what I'm trying to teach people how to do, right? Instead of treating it as this thing outside of us that's the enemy, that we don't understand, let's invite it in to be on our dream team and make our dreams come true and our, help us live our purpose. So when we have a fear of speed, for whatever reason, we have a harder time letting money in because money actually speeds things up, right? It allows us to open doors more quickly. It allows us to, you know, create events more quickly. It allows us to do whatever we want to do more quickly. It's not that it's all about the money, but it really does help us to create speed. So that's a major fear that people have. 
The other one is around whether they're worthy enough. I see this a lot with women. It doesn't mean that it's not there for men, but it's especially there for women. And if we don't believe we're worthy of things, we can't receive it. So, and we're also afraid of what's on the other side of that when we do receive it. So the third fear is we're afraid of being banished from the tribe. We're very tribal by nature. We've been in tribes, you know, through the history of this planet and we have to toe the party line. So when we have a different consciousness than what our tribe has, so if our tribe is marinating in poverty consciousness and that's just the party line, and then all of a sudden we have the audacity to want abundance and want wealth, we're torn and we straddle both sides. We want to be loyal to the tribe, but we feel uncomfortable now because that consciousness doesn't match our consciousness, but we're also afraid to go and follow our dreams because the tribe either will be left behind or they'll kick us out for wanting to follow our dreams. And so people can kind of push and pull with that. And we see that a lot with money, right? Where they're trying to decide where their their personal loyalty should be. Not that they should have to choose, but that's just the choice. So those are three of the main ones. And then we have the fear of the tall poppy syndrome. So we've seen in, in society, especially in celebrity culture, we like to build up new names. And then when they get really famous, we like to tear them down. And then we like to build them back up again. We've seen it with Britney Spears. We've seen it with Justin Bieber. Those are just two <laughs> names that come to mind, right? But we see that a lot. And so we will choose the good enough path. We'll allow, allow ourselves to be successful enough that we feel good, but not so successful that we open ourselves up to attack and judgment and blaming and shaming and, you know, lawsuits and all kinds of things that we expect are going to happen to us just like they happen to everyone else in our mind. So that's the fourth one. And then the last major fear is a fear of power. So we tend to misidentify money as being as giving us power. And most of us have been violated by power, right? People in positions of power and or we see people in positions of power abusing it. And so we have uh, a misidentified relationship with power. We're afraid of it on some level. Or we've seen how people respond when we are being powerful. And money actually isn't power. Money gives us influence. It's actually what it gives us. It buys us a seat at the table. It gives us a voice. It allows us to, um, you know, well, just like I said, influence situations and, and people, right, for good. But because we interpret it as power, then we keep it at bay. We'll let it in enough. But often we'll hear people say money's the root of all evil, or I'm probably going to turn out to be like Donald Trump if I, you know, let myself become a billionaire, those kind of things. And none of that's true. It's just that we have those stories at play. So as long as any of those stories are at play that I mentioned, we will unconsciously keep money at bay until we identify them, bring awareness to them like we're doing today, and then create a plan to heal them. Mm, I love them. Could you have more than one as you're reading through as you're reading through them, as you're talking oh, yeah. through them? I could relate to one specifically, the high achiever, absolutely, which I'm really curious on. How do we make money part of our A team? Um, but uh -huh. then there was some others as well, some worthy of money. So there was a few that I could actually relate to. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm definitely in the speed one. I move at the speed of light and I outgrow people in situations very quickly and I will catch myself slowing things down. I know I'm consciously doing it and I get mad at myself for doing it, but I'll do it because 
I think, oh, geez, here we go again. Like how many times can I reintegrate and recalibrate into this new way of being, right? Before I get tired. That's the other thing, right? We're, we're kind of afraid of being tired and burnt out. So we try to mitigate that. And uh, I also have the tall poppy thing. I was always, I always did very well in school. And uh, as I mentioned with the spiritual stuff, I was kind of a double weirdo, right? I was always doing well in school. And then on top of that, I knew things that other people didn't know. And so I had to find ways to fit in and I had to find ways to dull myself down and ask questions instead of making statements, which we tend to do as women, right? When we, instead of making a statement, we'll ask a question because we feel it softens our position so that we're not so threatening to other people, things like that. And the worthiness thing is an interesting one because when it comes to money, what I've learned is that we have two set points. We have deserving and we have worthiness. And so in business, we can know our worth. Like I definitely know my worth. I feel that I charge what I'm worth. And there's times where that doesn't show up. And it's confusing to me because I know I'm worth that price that I'm charging, whether it be for a group program or a one-on-one program. So as soon as it doesn't show up, I know that's my cue to check in on my deserving set point, because it's one thing to know you're worthy of something. It's another thing to feel that you're deserving to receive it. Mm. So, uh, so when we have a worthiness issue, we tend to undercharge. And when we have a deservingness issue, we tend to have an issue receiving uh, less than what we know we're, you know, we're capable of. So true. So I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm writing mm-hmm. all this down, by the way. I am curious about the, going back to the high achiever because uh, I do move at the speed of light. I'm, I'm exactly like you. How do we make money part of our A-team? What did you mean by that? I uh, Years ago, I was constantly up-leveling my business. And then there comes a point where you don't need the money, right? It's never, it's not, it becomes something more than the money. You, you no longer need the money to be a paycheck, to pay for your business and pay for yourself. You have more than enough. You know, once you're making, I don't know, let's say 30 or 40K a month, you really don't need that to live on unless you've really overextended yourself in a mortgage or something. But most wealthy people know that they need to live below their means. And, um, and so how much money do you really need? Like maybe 10 K, right? 20 K. I don't know. It depends on your lifestyle, but, but certainly not a lot. And so then it becomes, well, why am I doing all this stuff in my business? Why am I hustling the way I am? Why am I filling my programs? Why am I launching? Why am I doing whatever? There has to be a bigger reason. So we have to extend into our why and say, okay, well, why am I doing this? And as high achievers, because we're constantly stepping into the one, what's next, we have to surround ourselves with people that are challenging our brain to think even bigger than we think our bigness is, right? We can think we create a big vision. It's not until we're around other big thinkers that we realize just how small we were thinking. So that's one of the things that I do. The second thing I did anyways about the dream team is that I thought, okay, well, I have to, I want to stop working for my money. I want my money to start working for me. This isn't going to be sustainable for my whole life. And I want to also expand my relationship with money and learn different things about money. So I hired a woman to teach me how to invest in the stock market. I created my own brokerage account and I started investing in the stock market on my own instead of just letting an advisor do that for me. And, um, and then I evolved into real estate and in real estate, this is where I really learned about the dream team, 
and I realized it applied to money. So I'm leading you somewhere. <laughs> so I would call about different investments that I knew were available. And I was looking at buying some apartment buildings and I was calling some lenders and I was getting no's, just blanket no's. Oh, our policy is this. And I'm thinking, well, policy is not a law, right? Like you can move around your policies. But I was hearing no's from a lot of people and then I would hear the occasional yes. And I realized the difference between the people that were saying yes to me and the people that were saying no is that the people that were saying no were too busy living in the box. They were comfortable in the box. They just wanted to try and be more comfortable in the box. And I live outside the box, which I know you do as well. And the people that were saying yes to me lived outside the box. And they were in the mindset of how can we make this work? It wasn't a matter of can it work or can it not? How can we make this work? And then I realized, oh, I need to take control. I need to decide who's on my real estate dream team, right? And who am I looking for? And what are the qualities of those people? So in developing that dream team of joint venture partners and lenders and all the people that I would need in building my real estate portfolio, I learned that, oh, this is really just about money. Money's my on my dream team. Money wants to say yes to me. Money wants to honor my requests. It's up to me to constantly ask and to keep expanding my vision. And the more I view money as a partner in creating my dreams, as opposed to a burden or a chore or an obstacle or whatever else we view it as, then it can really perform for me. And so I'm always staying on top of being mindful of the fact that it's my partner and it's my partner in life. And the only agenda it has for me is to make my life easier and to help me expand my purpose. Mm, I love the way that you described that. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So, Jennifer, the other one <laughs> is soul acceleration. Maybe uh, give us a bit of insight into that one. Yes. So uh, that one I've had for years, and I think I've had now about 100,000 people download that. It is one of my most popular um free opt-ins that I have. And it's because so many of us struggle. I remember knowing my purpose and still feeling like I needed to chase after it or find it or seek it out. And the, the thing about that is that when we're always seeking something outside of us, it creates anxiety because we're trying to find something that's lost in our mind. And we're also trying to step into the unknown and the unknown tends to activate fear in us. And so when we are searching for or seeking out our purpose, it activates an energy of fear and fear can eventually um, paralyze us, right? Because we go into analysis paralysis and perfection paralysis. So I wanted to teach people a way to identify what their purpose was. So I ask nine really important questions to align to your purpose, to help you get clear and move you forward towards what am I here to do? And then to also teach people about the Akashic Records, which I mentioned before, which is an amazing tool. I'm not just saying that because I use it and teach it. It really is an amazing tool to activate us to our purpose. And then, of course, every time we're evolving our purpose, we get more and more clarity about what the next steps are and what we need to release and who we need to become and what we need to master and all those things. So I go into what the Akashic records are and how to use them in that download. So it's a combination of audio training and uh, questions that help people get more clear on why they're here, because that's what we all want to know. We, every single human on this planet asks the same question, why am I here? 
How am I here to contribute? What am I here to receive? Does my life matter? Does my life have meaning? And we will spend a whole lifetime answering those questions. I want to give people the shortcuts to that so they can step out of seeking for their seeking their purpose and actually living it. Mm, I love that too. So I'm uh, definitely going to check out because I'm curious about those nine questions, which we don't need to talk about now, but uh, we just, uh, <laughs> it's absolutely curious. So Jennifer, if um, for our listeners, if they were to embark on a new life um, or even a new career, what would be that uh-huh. one piece of advice that you would like to share with them? Oh, geez. Okay. Well, this is going to sound very woo. But I'm going to bring the woo anyways. Bring the woo. You know, everything, everything we want to create has already been created. It's already in the divine mind. If you want to become a millionaire, there's tons of other people that have been millionaires. They've imprinted their consciousness into the collective consciousness is what I'm trying to say. And um, so anything we want to do, we already have access to it. We just have to remember that we can access that information and simply stay in the question. It sounds like a a bit of a a weird thing to say, and I say this to my clients all the time, rather than trying to answer questions, just live in the question. So an example would be, if you're wanting a new career, what would a a successful person who's wanting to, you know, elevate their career do in this situation? How would they feed their body? What would they be reading? What would be their morning routine? How, who would they be spending time with? What books would they be reading? Who would they be networking with? Who would they be mentored by? We don't have to answer any of those questions because what happens is when we open up and live in the question, we make room for the universe to provide us the guidance instead of our our brain, which is actually quite small in comparison, right, to our consciousness, trying to figure everything out. If we knew how to do everything in our consciousness, we'd already be doing it. So when we live in a place of curiosity, basically, then we allow the universe to start bringing us the synchronicities, having, you know, those random phone calls that we get, all those things that happen, right, when we are putting it out there to the universe that we want something, opportunities start to show up, or we run into someone at the coffee shop that has an opportunity for us, or an introduction or whatever it is that stuff happens way more quickly when we live in a place of curiosity rather than trying to figure it out with our left brain Mm. the same is true for business if we are a six-figure earner and we want to get to seven figures we start saying okay what would a seven-figure business owner do in this situation would they be responding to this email who are they hanging out with what events are they seeing at what events are they not seeing at how do they manage their mindset you know, just constantly ask questions about every aspect of life because all of this stuff is intertwined. Mm. We know that the more we fuel our body with good health and vitality, you know, the more vibrant we are, the more magnetic we are. People want to be around us because we're giving off a certain vibe. The more we manage our mindset and stay in an energy of positivity, the more, you know, people want to hang around us and, and give us opportunities. So it's almost like future pacing, isn't it? It's not, you're not sort of, you're, you're yeah. future pacing like you, you being curious is like, uh, what would that person be? So if you wanted to, whether it's a change of career, whatever that may be, or money, um, or even relationship, you know, what would that um, future Catherine look like uh, if she was madly in love or whatever that may be? Um, by the way, I'm just mm-hmm. making this up. I am in love, by the way. <laughs> but just just uh, for, for the – Congratulations. Know, made, oh, yes. Well, it's, it's been a while, but it's uh, he's my soulmate. Um, but you know mm. what I mean? It's almost like future pacing and really sort of tapping into those emotions and bring into that present rather than getting stuck into, um, you know, 
looking for the how. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. When I first started my business, I um, was so afraid. I was paralyzed in fear. I thought the client's stork was going to drop people off at my doorstep and pick them back up after their session. And all I'd have to do is put up some business cards in a health food store and everyone would find me because my business card should be doing all the work for me. Right. And I knew that wasn't true, but I was just afraid of going out and networking. And I knew I needed to do that. And after two months of living in fear and seeing my bank account dwindle because nothing was coming in and I was expending from my own personal account to start this business. And every day I'd go to my email and there'd be no new email saying, you know, with with a hundred inquiries about how they could work with me. There wasn't a single one until there was one. I actually ironically did get some business from those those health food stores. Uh, but anyways, I I got bored of the fear. It got so annoying to me that I just got bored with it. And I said, okay, well, being afraid of starting my business isn't working for me. So what if I just go into the energy of curious or of awe and wonder? What if I just stay in a place of, huh, I wonder what's going to happen when I go to this networking event. I wonder who I'm going to meet. I wonder what's going to transpire after. I wonder what, you know, I'm going to do tomorrow. And I just stayed in an energy of wonder. I actually manifested my five-year business plan in less than three months when I shifted into that place of curiosity. Mm, I love that. Absolutely love that. I do. I do. Uh, I have got a very curious mindset. So for me, it's easy for me to uh, to mm-hmm. actually always want to. It might, it might be that Piscean in me that that uh, I always <laughs> dream like <laughs> Piscean. Yeah, Pisces are definitely curious for sure. Mm. So Jennifer, the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration is about pain points. What would be some of your biggest pain points, and um, how do you move forward from your pain points and not get stuck in them? Oh, geez, how much time do we have? Uh, You know, I would say a big pain point for me was loving what I did and really not loving what I did anymore. This was about 10 years ago. I was five years into my business and I burnt out because I'd outgrown my business model, but I didn't know that. So I went into this blame, shame, judgment game, right? What's wrong with me? Why don't I like my business anymore? Why, Why am I not grateful for what I have? I have great clients. I have this. I have that. And uh, I, you know, happenstance across this mentor and she was $17,000 and I had $17,000 in savings. So that was a massive gulp factor. So I had to be all in. There was no way I was not going to be making that investment back. And it did pay off. I still make money from that investment today, from the connections I made. And I, but at the time within six months, I think I made uh, 20 fold that investment. And so that was a a great thing for me to do out of the pain. Another time I had hired a team member and I kept getting the nudge. We all do this where we get the nudge that something's not right, but because we don't have the empirical evidence to, to satiate our intuition, we just doubt our intuition. Even though our intuition keeps talking to us, we're like, well, I don't have proof. I don't know why I'm getting this nudge that I need to let these team members go. Well, these little buggers, not just with me, but with about three or four other entrepreneurs, sabotage the whole back end of my business because they were just, you know, little tantrumy kids, basically, right? They were acting out. And it cost me about $20,000 to restore it. All the opt-ins, all the names they deleted, all the passwords they changed and and whatever. And, um, and it took me a while to 
you know, I was over it in some ways, but I realized how much I was holding myself back from hiring people and definitely hiring A players. I was just too afraid to hire anyone. So I was settling for people that I knew would at least get the basics done and weren't going to rock the boat, but that's not what I needed in my business. So what I had to do was clear my business of any old energy that wasn't serving, including them and cut any hooks and cords and you know, just programs I had and stories that I had about, I'm, you know, if they, if they did this to me, I'm always going to attract people that do this to me. And um, so now, because I've shifted that energy and I've declared who is allowed on my team and who's not, I have people come to me and say, I'd love to work for your company. I love you. I love what you're up to. Uh, if you feel that I'm qualified, I'd love to apply for a position with your company. And now my whole team, I have about 10 people on my team. I'm surrounded with people that actually want to be here and totally have my back, which is, you know, just evidence that I've shifted the energy around being supported. Mm, I love that too. So Jennifer, you've obviously worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and um, uh, individuals in business. What do you think would be a reason or even a number one reason that individuals fail to succeed in their business? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, uh, well, you know, all it all boils down to a decision. That's what I've learned. We can wish for things, we can hope for things, we can try for things. We can want things, but until we decide 100% that we've got both feet in our business or we decide that we're going to get five speaking gigs in a year, we decide that, you know, we're going to have a six-figure year or whatever it is that we're deciding, until we anchor it as a full-fledged embodied decision, we won't move forward. Right. We'll contemplate, we'll dance, we'll do the hokey pokey, right? It doesn't mean we won't have any any movement, but certainly not the kind of movement and at the speed that we want until we've really fully decided. And this is also deciding what we're done with, right? A lot of business growth has more to do with what we're willing to let go of. The people, the patterns, the floopy, you know, or um, non-existent policies, the, um, you know, low paychecks, the whatever, right? Oftentimes it's more of what we let go of, but we still have to decide. Mm. So are you saying that, because sometimes uh, you hear, uh, we've had different women on the show that say you have to kind of uh, either save a lot of money before you make that big decision mm-hmm. and jump or um, stay in, in some of the entrepreneurs, they've got a full-time job. Uh, and then mm-hmm. they've got, uh, and then they want to start up a business. For example, uh, how would you um, navigate? I guess that for them, because I know it's like, well, hang on, I can't leave because I've got this money coming in. But then I want to start a business. I don't know quite what kind of business, but I know that I want to start a business. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say to them? Oh, geez. Oh, please don't leave your job until you know what kind of business you're going to have because you can spend a long time trying to figure it out. And it's already hard enough when you know what your business is to be clear in your messaging and clear in your brand. So I, uh, any coaches that tell people, oh, just trust in the universe, take the leap. No, <laughs> you need to fire those coaches. Uh, when I had a job, and this, of course, was back in the day, I switched into a forensic job that allowed me to work a true nine to five. And I started going to networking events just to to learn what these aliens spoke. I felt like it was an alien language to me. 
And I would just go and immerse myself with entrepreneurs at night at different networking events and other, you know, learning things and whatever, to see if that's what I wanted to do, to see if I had what it took, because you're not going to have a boss telling you what to do. You're not going to have deadlines that really matter. The only reason it's going to matter is because you're not making money. And eventually you're going to have to decide to go back and get a job if you're not meeting, you know, the deadlines that allow you to keep your business afloat. But um, I, I would immerse yourself in some networking events, maybe read some books from entrepreneurs. I definitely don't believe in going into debt to start a business. I, uh, I believe very firmly, and I teach this in my exponential client attraction system, because I still do this today. Uh, there's times where it makes sense for me to pay for things. And then there's times where it makes sense for me to use my time. We either have to spend our time or our money to grow our business. But in the beginning, I absolutely believe people should spend their time over their money wherever possible. Mm. Uh, because we we have to run a tight ship because the whole purpose of a business is to be profitable. And if year after year, the business isn't making enough money to not only pay us, but to pay itself for its expenses, then all we have is an expensive hobby. Gotcha. So for, for those that are, that are listening that have to be really clear on their purpose so they can actually reach out to you now uh, and fill out the uh, <laughs> the uh, soul acceleration to find out their, I guess, their purpose with those nine questions and then they can actually start making plans on how to move across. Absolutely, yeah. So, Jennifer, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Wisdom. Wisdom. Love it. And the other <laughs> that thing. That just flew out of my mouth. <laughs> I loved it. I know. You didn't have to think twice about it. And you are a very wise soul. Very wise. Oh, oh the, thank you. The other thing is, uh, as we wrap up, we love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick three shiny golden nuggets uh, or three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our listeners today. Awesome. Well, we talked about the future stuff. One of the things that I have found really helpful for me and my clients find really helpful is to write as though things are already happening. So I write out gratitude statements every morning. It might look something like, I am so grateful to have just gotten off the phone with my most amazing ideal client. I love serving her. She's so much fun. I'm so excited for her vision and the people she's going to impact. I feel really blessed to be working with her. So that person might not have showed up yet, but if I keep talking as though it's happened, it's going to happen because the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's on its way. So I spend time being grateful for what's on its way. That's a big uh, thing that I do. And then I also spend the morning and the evening picking 10 things that I'm grateful for. And some people struggle with that, but I would say, you know, just I'm grateful that I'm breathing. I'm grateful that I'm alive today. I'm grateful that I have another day on this planet to see what I'm capable of. I'm grateful that I got to be a contribution to so-and-so today. I'm grateful that the weather was really nice. You know, it doesn't have to be big gargantuan things all the time. But gratitude is what makes us magnetic and it makes us, um, you know, more open to receive. And then... Um, I really think it's important to take good care of your vessel. You know, I'm not a health and wellness coach. I'm not going to be on here pimping out any products. 
but whatever it is for you, you need to find that thing that keeps your vitality high because especially if you're a high achiever, you're going to be prone to burnout. And I've seen time and time again, really smart women, super smart women, like Mensa smart that, that are struggling in business or struggling in their careers and have a hard time making money because they're pushing themselves so hard uh, in spite of adrenal fatigue that they just can't push themselves anymore. And then they're kind of on the couch for three months, not able to do anything. Mm, so true. And what would be the third one? Uh, well, the other thing that maybe seems counterintuitive, we're very good at focusing on what's not going well, but we can use that to our advantage. So one of the things I like to do is write out where I don't have enough time, where I don't have enough money, and where I don't have enough energy. And I literally list them out in three different categories. So everything under not enough money, everything under not enough time, everything under not enough energy. And I see how long that list is because I have to bring awareness to my monkey mind and see just how much I'm giving it power over my life at any given moment. And then I look for the ones that are easily resolved. So I might say, oh, I don't have enough money to buy a private jet. I'm just making that up because you can put anything on this list. And then I can just decide, okay, well, I actually don't want to buy a private jet. Maybe one day I will generate enough money to uh, rent a private jet and charter it with a pilot. But right now I actually don't want a private jet, so I'm going to cross that off. I don't have enough money to pay for X this month. So then I can at least say, okay, well, how can I create enough money to do this particular thing? So it's not about hanging out in the lack. It's just about bringing awareness to it so that we actually have the power to shift it. Mm, I love that. And I guess for, for our listeners as well, uh, they for those that are going to be reaching out uh, uh, and probably want to heal their money story, uh, how would one clear their money block? Just as an example, what exactly do you do just high level? High level stuff, we look at actually what in the past life might be carrying over in this lifetime because uh, some people have spent a lot of time, money and energy trying to heal their money story and it's not shifting. And a lot of times the answers are in vows and other you know contracts we have in other lifetimes that are holding us back. Then uh, we want to look at, well, what do you want to create? What's important to you and getting clear on, you know, what, why you're actually even motivated to do this. What's the whole point of it all? And then it's a lot of clearing mindset, right? So looking at old beliefs, where they came from and getting in alignment with the beliefs that we do want to hold because the subconscious is very ego driven. It wants to prove itself right. It's a right fighter. So it doesn't matter what programs it holds it will go out and prove it right. So we want to make sure that the subconscious through some energy work we would do and mindset work is actually holding the beliefs that we want it to hold. So even when we're operating from a subconscious place, we're going out and proving those beliefs right. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. So Jennifer, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? The best place is, uh, well, staying in touch with me through those free downloads that you mentioned. If you go to my site, they're on their uh, souljourneys.ca. And then I do spend a significant amount of time in my free group on Facebook called the Purpose Posse. So that's a place where spiritual entrepreneurs gather and we, you know, we have, I have all kinds of psychics and 
numerologists and chakra readings. And it's not just me in there. I have some guest experts in there that offer tips and tricks about how to make more money, how to expand their business and, you know, things like that. So we have a lot of fun there and, and I'm very active in that group. Thank you so, so very much for coming on the show. Jennifer, I've got pages of notes and I love your energy. I love what you do. So thank you so, so very much for your time and your energy. Thank you you so much for having me. I've had so much fun with you. Thank you. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.